Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear a Sunday sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 45, and can be found in your pew Bibles in the New Testament, page 57. Please listen for God's word to you. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of the Lord. Among my parents' five children, only my oldest brother ended up playing baseball beyond the days of Little League. Ed actually started as the third baseman, both for his high school and his college team. And at one point, had the Southern Conference record for doubles. In his characteristically understated way, Ed used to say that it should have been record for triples. But given how slowly he ran, two bases was all he could do. Long after college, he continued to play softball and to this day follows the sport closely. Certainly, there's all kinds of ways that we might understand that passion that continues to be part of his life. And yet my mother used to wonder if somehow she had contributed to it without being aware. Certainly, there were the things that parents often will do for their children who are involved in sports or other activities. As mom would drive him to and from practices and games, she would wash his uniforms, and she would sit on those hard bleachers to watch his games. Many parents do that kind of thing for their children with their areas of interest, and mom did that for Ed and for the rest of us as well. And even before Ed took his first breath, mom wondered if somehow she had helped plant the seed for that lifelong love of the sport because in the last days of her pregnancy, she consistently was watching the World Series. In those days, they were all daytime games. And for those of you who are baseball historians, 1954 was the year that Willie Mays made his amazing over-the-shoulder catch in deep center field, robbing Vic Wirtz of a hit. My mother just wondered, long before people were talking about such things, 
if the sounds of those games that she was watching day after day were heard in utero and somehow had shaped a love for the sport of my brother. And three days after that fall classic ended, he took his first breath. Now certainly we'll never have an answer to that question, but I began wondering about that connection and thinking about that moment from family lore as I started pondering the biblical scene before us today. Certainly doesn't say anything about baseball or a defensive gem, but it does describe an encounter between two pregnant women and how, as part of it, Luke tells us that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child in her womb leaped for joy. Elizabeth was the wife of Zechariah, a first century priest in ancient Israel. Elizabeth and he had longed to become parents, but as they had continued to age, wondered if that dream had ended. Until the day that Zechariah was on temple duty, and the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that Elizabeth would in fact conceive and bear a son, and they were to name him John. Their son would become known to the world as John the Baptist. And it was shortly after that temple encounter that Elizabeth did become pregnant, and then she went in seclusion for five months. Mary, of course, would be the mother of Jesus. And just prior to this scene, that same angelic messenger had come to her with the startling news that God had chosen her to bear God's own son. As part of that conversation, Gabriel went on and told Mary that Elizabeth, her kinswoman, was pregnant as well. We're not exactly sure how Mary and Elizabeth were related. It's not really spelled out for us in the Bible. And yet this news meant that they were going to be connected in an entirely different way as John would really mark the end of that era of one way that God had chosen to relate to human beings, and Jesus would inaugurate the next. And so when Mary learns that news, something she did not know, since Elizabeth had been in seclusion, we're told that she then consented to God's plan, offered great words of faith, and our passage follows immediately afterwards. For Luke tells us that in those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. That was the moment that I spoke of earlier for when John in her womb heard that greeting, he leapt for joy. Luke says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit as she went and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. For why has this happened? That the mother of my Lord has come to me. She then speaks of how her child within had leapt upon hearing that voice and then concludes by saying, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
Elizabeth was offering her own kind of song. And in response, Mary will do the same, and that will be our focus next Sunday. Yet on this day, we stop in pondering this wondrous scene, one that has all kinds of attributes that could be our focus, that in utero weep, how the Holy Spirit told Elizabeth what was going on, how this visit meant that Zechariah's wife, the isolation now was coming to an end, and how these two women were able to talk about what was happening in a way that no one else could fully understand. All of those pieces are certainly part of this scene. And yet what struck me and what I'd like for us to focus upon is the series of blessings found in that encounter. For it starts when Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth is celebrating what God has done in the life of, kin of her kinswoman and the gift that will be Jesus himself. And it reminds me of what we often do in worship at the time of the offering being sung when we uh, receive, when we sing the doxology and say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Each time of worship for us involves times when we stop and celebrate the blessings of God upon our lives. And that's what Elizabeth was doing as she first greeted her kinswoman. And yet then she goes on. For she concludes by saying, blessed is she who believed that what had been told her would be fulfilled. And those words have a different kind of feel for me. They don't seem to, to be speaking primarily of what God had already done, but rather they sound as if Elizabeth is calling for a new blessing upon Mary, calling for a new way that God will in fact go with her and strengthen her in the days and weeks to come. I think that's our life as people of faith both individually and collectively, that we come together and offer our praise for all that God has done. All the hymns that we are singing today are celebrating those events that ultimately culminated in first century Bethlehem. And that is the appropriate starting place. And yet, you and I are also called to be a blessing to others, sometimes it's phrased as blessed to be a blessing, of responding to what we have received, of sharing that gift with others, and of bringing blessing upon them. And that sort of thing can happen in any number of ways. One Sunday in a previous pastorate, a woman named Dorothy invited the children forward for the children's message. In that congregation, the pattern was for me to provide that message two Sundays each month and then for members to volunteer and share their gifts on the other Sundays. Dorothy had agreed to do that. She was nervous, but she was well prepared on that Advent Sunday. 
as she announced that she wanted to teach the children a song called The Friendly Beasts. Some of you might know that song that tells of gifts that the animals gave to the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Dorothy announced that she was going to sing for them one line, and then they were going to sing it back, and she would move through the song in that way. And she had just begun when one of those children sitting with her on the chancel steps, seven-year-old Catherine Stone, gasped out loud. And Dorothy stopped, and Catherine said, I can't believe it. I've just learned this song. So Dorothy asked Catherine if she would like to help her teach the song to the others. And it was a brave thing for Dorothy to do. I have learned the hard way over the years during a children's message that whenever a little one leans over, I always turn off my microphone. You're never quite sure what is going to be spoken, but Dorothy wasn't worried about that. And Catherine immediately agreed to help her with that. And so soon, that 70-year-old and 7-year-old started their duet. Just after they had begun, in a moment either of instinct or divine inspiration or both, Dorothy stopped singing. And soon, it was Catherine's voice that filled the sanctuary. I said the cow, all white and red. I gave him my manger for his bed. I gave him hay to pillow his head. Verse by verse, Catherine sang that song. And I can tell you, everyone in the sanctuary, including the pastor, was mesmerized. And then Catherine came to the final verse as she concluded, So every good beast had a story to tell of the gift they had given Emmanuel. So every good beast had a story to tell, as did everyone who was present that day in worship. A song of blessing. That's what Elizabeth offered to her kinswoman long ago. And that is the opportunity that is before each one of us in this season of Advent too. To recall and call upon God for the blessings that surround us all. And then to take our part in being that gift for someone else, whether in song or some other shape entirely. Let us pray. How blessed we are, O oh God, by the abundance of your creative love. We pray that in this season of Advent, we might recognize and celebrate those gifts anew, even as we open ourselves to your leading of being that blessing for someone else. For it is in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.